0: is the Mainly Plants podcast. My name is Ryan Furman, and I am a certified plant-based nutritionist. The website is mainlyplants.com, social media at mainlyplants, uh, and you can contact me through all those places. Um, I have made it easier for you to do your Amazon shopping with me. Uh, So before you had to go to my homepage and click the Amazon click-through and all that stuff, all you have to do is go to mainlyplants.com slash amazon it will take you straight to Amazon, do all your shopping. So go to your bookmarks bar right now. Do me a favor um, and go bookmark mainlyplants.com slash Amazon. Label it as Amazon in your bookmarks bar. You'll take care of that. Go pause the podcast for 30 seconds and do it. it. really helps me. appreciate it. Secondly, I want to thank everybody who has gone and... Um, gone and rated and reviewed the podcast on itunes it helps me out a lot um, i want to give a shout out if you'll bear with me i have to pull up the dealy here give me one second uh, i want to give a shout out to the people who have given me reviews i have gotten so far one review um, i think there should be another one or two coming soon uh, so Cyber Jason Jason Appreciate it Love it Thank you so much Appreciate the star ratings That you gave me I'm sitting at a solid Like foot Four Shows four and a half stars I've gotten six Five stars And one one star But I think that was A Vinnie Tortorich Lackey So anyway I really appreciate it If you haven't gone And rated And uh, Reviewed the podcast I would really appreciate it If you did it This week On the podcast um, So So You know, there's so many different. There's so many different sects in plant-based eating, and what I mean is, there is, there are raw vegans. There are people who eat just a whole food plant-based diet, where does it? Sometimes it's raw, sometimes it's cooked. There are people who do no oil. People who are high fat, low carb, low carb, high fat. There are people who are raw till four, meaning that they. Only eat raw foods till 4 p.m. and then they eat cooked stuff after that. So there are a slew of things um, beyond what I just what I just uh, laid out. There are um, there are studies and there's evidence to show that each one of those is beneficial. So how are you supposed to know what's best for you? Well, the best thing to do is to try out a few different ones and. What I recommend is just start out with a whole food plant-based diet. Just start out eliminating, getting to a point where you eliminate all animal products and see how that works for you. And it, you know, don't worry about if you're having cooked or raw or more fruit or more vegetables or, or whatever the ratios are. Just eat whole foods in whatever way, shape or form you can get them and see if that works. And if it doesn't and you aren't getting certain results that you have desired well then we can talk about which way is best for you so for instance say you know you eat a high fat low carb diet just just naturally those are the kinds of foods that you tend to like more so you know a lot of nuts seeds avocados stuff like that and you are trying to lose weight but it's not working well I might suggest you inverse the two and see if that works the way to think about it is if you're if you're eating a certain way, in anything actually beyond just diet, if you're doing things a certain way and you aren't getting the the desired results, then you need to try doing things a different way. Try doing something that feels a little wrong. Um, that doesn't mean go out and do some terrible stuff. Just try you know going against what you're comfortable with, because soon enough you'll be comfortable with it and you'll probably get the results that you have desired. Um, so this week I want to talk about raw versus cooked, because there's a lot of debate here. I myself am primarily raw. It's just the way that I like to eat my foods. I, I think that they taste better raw. They have more flavor raw. I enjoy the crunch of vegetables when they're raw. Of course, when it comes down to like nuts and seeds, a lot of times, you know, so especially with seeds, they're more uh, like roasted unsalted, stuff like that. But I do find like, you know, raw cashews and almonds and stuff like that. But I would say 90% of my diet is raw food. I just feel better that way. A lot of people like to do cooked foods and there are different benefits and different drawbacks to each. So let's go over some of them. So in a there was a study published in two thousand eight, and this was in the British Journal of Nutrition. And what it found was that participants who followed a strict raw food diet had normal levels of vitamin A and relatively high levels of beta carotene. And beta carotene is an antioxidant, and it's found in dark green and yellow fruits and vegetables primarily. Uh, but they had these participants who were who had a strict raw diet had low levels of an antioxidant called lycopene, which is the reg, reg- the red pigment found in tomatoes and bell peppers, uh, among other uh, fruits and vegetables. So what this suggests is that not all vegetables eaten raw are necessarily healthier. There are nutritional benefits in lightly cooking some vegetables. So in the case with you know a lot of different vegetable types, what, the, what heat does when you're cooking it is it helps break down the cellular walls which helps free out the carotenoid contents, the nutrients, making making it more bioavailable for us when we consume them. So for instance, things like mushrooms, I love mushrooms, I eat them raw all the time. I also have them cooked sometimes because fungi has a very thick cellular wall and our bodies have a really hard time breaking that down to extract all the nutrients out of it. So when you cook it, when you heat it up, it helps break down that cellular wall so our bodies can easily absorb those nutrients. So another great example is, is uh, bell pepper. And when peppers are cooked, their vitamin C content actually chemically decomposes, but their carotene availability increases. So it's weird, you know, you get a benefit and a drawback just to cooking a bell pepper. Again, when you cook it, it's vitamin C content goes down. But its carotene goes up. It's very strange. Um, So, you know, well, I'll get into that. So let's talk about this. There are, again, there are certain vegetables that you can benefit from eating cooked. And that's not necessarily to say that you should only have these cooked. And I'll get into that also. But so certain vegetables that benefit from being cooked and being cooked is anywhere between 104 and 119 degrees Fahrenheit and above it kind of varies. But carrots, asparagus, uh and even tomatoes benefit from being cooked because they're their protective antioxidants that they have in them. Um spe- specifically ferulic acid, um beta-carotene, which our bodies convert to vitamin A. Um helps be released a little bit. So when we cooked things like tomatoes, whether it's, you know, roasting them slowly or, you know, really cooking them down for a sauce, this heat helps break down the plant cell walls. And again, this helps us absorb these these nutrients better, specifically lycopene. And all these nutrients are obviously super important to us. If you've heard the podcast before, you know why. But these, you know, these micronutrients help, Safeguard ourselves cells from external factors, environmental damage, and can protect us from disease and disorders like cancer and heart disease. And they can help uh, mitigate and stop those diseases and reverse them. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, you know, the, the flip side to this coin is raw food. So there are some vegetables which you can benefit from eating raw. Things like broccoli and watercress, which are both cruciferous. Um, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, kale, all those are cruciferous also. Um, there's a whole whole slew of vegetables in the cruciferous family. So when these vegetables are heated, and this is important to note, okay? When these, when these vegetables are heated, certain enzymes are damaged, which means that the potency of certain anti-cancer and anti-disease compounds are reduced. These these uh, compounds are called glucosinolates, but it's strange. If you remember, I talked a few podcasts ago about the benefits of of um, oh my, I'm a little congested. Excuse me. The benefits of cooking cruciferous vegetables for autism and treating the the uh, symptoms of autism. So again, there are benefits to to cooking vegetables. But then again, there are certain benefits to keeping those same vegetables raw. Garlic. When you cook garlic, it's much less potent because again, that heat reduces the amount of uh, allicin in it. So it's bet- if you're doing a dish with garlic in it, it's best to kind of just toss the garlic in at the very end and just give it a little heat. Not necessarily cook it, but heat it up. So Especially if you're losing weight, eating mostly raw fruits and vegetables will help fill you up, right? So when you cook something down, it loses its size. It loses its mass. I don't think this is any any news for a lot of you guys because a lot of the water is being released and you're breaking down the structure. So if you're trying to fill up faster, raw vegetables will fill you up faster. They take up more room for the same amount, the same amount. Uh, the same amount of vegetable. So what are you supposed to do, right? Some vegetables are, are good for you in their raw form, but they have certain benefits being cooked that you wouldn't get raw. But you have the same benefits, you have, you have better benefits being raw than cooked. Who knows? I mean, it's a lot to track, right? And I'm sure you're listening to the podcast saying, what is this guy talking about? He's talking in circles, but that's that's the thing. It is a circle, it's a big circle. Cooked versus raw. What do I do? Do both. Eat some raw. Eat some cooked. I mean, if you think about it, it's the best way to, to, to be, uh, be assured that you're getting all the nutrients. I don't mean. Here's the thing. My own personal belief, right? And you're free to disagree. I, for me, raw is anything below 119 degrees. You know, you can get a little a little pan thermometer to tell you how hot your pan is. But even heating your plants up that much, will help release these antioxidants and these nutrients that you that you would other, otherwise have a problem getting to because of the cell wall. It'll help break them down. So <clears throat> what I recommend personally is technically still raw, but not necessarily cold. Still heat some stuff up, still use those pans, still you know use your, your vegetable spiralizer, make some zoodles, some zucchini noodles, and noodles of all sorts, of all sorts of different plants, and use some you know garlic and toss it in there and warm it up. Help break down that cell wall, but it's still technically um, raw. So that's gonna leave. It's gonna help benefit benefit you in certain ways. But there are vegetables that you actually have to cook. So again, ninety percent raw I think is the best. Cooking down you know above one hundred and twenty degrees ten percent of the time. And that way you're going to get all those nutrients and you get all those benefits. So I want to run through some specific, some more specific examples of plants and the differences of cooking versus raw. So let's talk about broccoli. It's loaded with vitamin C. It's got a ton of calcium, potassium, and protein even. And it contains this compound... I'm going to butcher this, sulforaphane. I think I did well there. uh, Which has been known and linked to fighting cancer. It also helps lower blood pressure and improve heart health. There was actually a study published in the Journal of Agriculture and Food Chemistry, which found that people who consume raw broccoli absorbed absorbed sulforaphane more quickly and in higher amounts compared to those who ate it cooked. Um, That sulforaphane can be diminished by certain heat preparations but not all. So again, what do you do? Do both. Cook it. Sometimes roast it, put it in a pan with put it in a wok for stir-fry other times and eat it raw other times. Steaming broccoli and baking broccoli does not seem to have any real significant reducing effects on the sulforaphane levels. But boiling broccoli can reduce those levels up to 70%. So is it's a lot of information, and I get it. You know, you're probably thinking if you if you're anything like me, you don't want to have to check, you know, this podcast or lists every time you're cooking. Just be sure you're doing everything. Have it cooked sometimes. Have it steamed other times. Have it raw sometimes, and you'll be fine. It's it's you know, there's a lot of information here, but it's more about just varying your diet. You know, when we talk about a whole whole foods, a varied whole food plant based diet, you know, a lot of times I preach. And I'll get hung up on the fact that varied meaning the types of vegetables and the types of plants that you're eating, but in within that varied also means your preparation method. So just vary everything, you'll be fine. Broccoli also also contains goitrogens, <clears throat> which I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong. Goitrogens. Uh, these are, are sulfuric are compounds which can reduce thyroid hormone production, and when it's cooked, that goitrin becomes unstable and it negates effects of inhibiting the thyroid's capacity of producing hormones. So again, sometimes cooked, sometimes raw. You can't hammer that home enough. A lot of people will get stuck in, in eating a certain way. And it's hard to break out of that, that routine. So I'm really trying to hammer it home. Another one is coconut. So when it's raw, coconut provides a ton of nutritional benefits compared to its dry form right? So drinking coconut water has been compared to sports drinks because it's got a ton of electrolytes and it's very hydrating. I personally don't like coconut water. I I try to drink it here and there because I know how healthy it is. Other people swear by it and love it. Give it a whirl. Certain brands taste better than others, but it's not for everybody. Um, Coconut water is also very rich in sodium, potassium, and magnesium, those electrolytes we're talking about. When you dry coconut, it it just doesn't give you the same benefits. You know, it's like we talked about uh, I think it was last podcast the podcast before when you dry, you know, fruits and vegetables down, you're getting a ton more sugar and you're taking away a lot of the nutrients. You know, along with garlic, which I mentioned before, there are onions. There was a study done and the participants who consumed raw garlic two or more times a week produced less of a risk for de- developing lung cancer which is kind of amazing if you think about it you know you don't really associate you associate lung cancer to you know your respiratory system obviously but from you know your your pollution and smoking but you don't think about lung cancer being mitigated through food the, the, what the study found was that garlic may serve as a chemopreventative for lung cancer which is amazing It's better to consume um, garlic and onion as opposed to uh, raw, as opposed to cooked. I know, you know, I'm lumping garlic and onion together because they're very similar; they're in the same family. So it's better to eat them raw than cooked, because the the cancer-fighting enzymes in them no longer remain as bountiful, or even at all, depending upon how long you cook them for or how hot. Um, in cooked onions. The sulfur compounds and cancer-fighting oxidants in onion juice can provide an array of health benefits, uh, such as protecting against lung and prostate cancer. So not just the actual uh, um, solid onion, but the the juice. Um, I'm sure a lot of you know, if you're anything like me, when you cook and in t- cut into an, a fresh onion on your cutting board, it like spews this uh, this onion milk everywhere. That stuff's awesome for you. It even helps with asthma. You can um, heat it up and you can drink it or you can just steam it and breathe over it and it'll help help your respiratory system. So it's weird, you know, if you think about onions and garlic being preventative of lung cancer, but also it helps other respiratory issues. It's very strange to me. It's a it's very fascinating. The the consumption of, of raw onions and garlic, like I said before, is something that you should be doing every day. You should be having a la- at least a clove of or two of raw garlic per day and, you know, a good chunk of onion. It's I make sure that I put garlic and onion in every salad that I have. I have at least two salads a day, two big salads. If you're sick, garlic, raw garlic will help your shorten the the length of your cold there's a ton of different uses for this stuff obviously but again in this case onions and garlic eat raw so i touched on red peppers before but red peppers red bell peppers they do have a surprisingly high amount of vitamin c they actually have per serving about 150 percent of your rda your recommended daily value allowance the national institute of health does warn that if it's cooked above 375 degrees you're going to eat into that nutritional value and the reason for this and it goes for any vitamin c rich plant is that vitamin c is very very heat sensitive so it it really starts to degrade and break down in high temperatures as well as when it's exposed to Strong light and air. It's very very temperamental. It doesn't completely destroy the vitamin C. Don't get me wrong. You can if you eat cooked, you know, like thoroughly cooked red peppers, you're still going to get some vitamin C, but not nearly as much as if you had them raw. So again, what did we learn today? Some plants are better to not necessarily better, but let me start over. Some plants you get certain health benefits from eating them raw and you get other health benefits from that same plant eating cooked and again it's the type of cooking that you do i don't recommend boiling anything except for like a beet but something about it you know from the the research and the study the study that i've done when you boil stuff it really takes all that just zaps the nutrients out of it i don't know if it's because it's in the water uh, I, you know I haven't, I haven't found out the exact reason, but stay away from boiling as much as possible, unless you know it's quinoa or stuff like that that has to be boiled. But if you to cooking vegetables, roasting, steaming are the best. Raw is great also. So do do both of them. What I recommend is doing what I call a hot and cold salad. And you get a bunch of vegetables and you make fix yourself a salad. And then you take a lot of those same vegetables and cook them and put them on top of the salad. So you're getting both cooked and raw versions of the same vegetables all day long. I want to, real quick, before we wrap up, give a shout out. Um, I got a a um, uh, a contact request through the website, mainlyplants.com, from a man, Mike. Uh, Mike, I don't want to give his last name out, but Mike was talking to me about about uh, and it's very coincidental that he wrote to me uh, before, right before I recorded this podcast, because he's talking to me about about oil, and there is this strong push in the plant-based community. Uh, Doctor Esselstein and T. Kong Campbell and Rip Esselstein um, all advocate, among others, advocate for an oil-free diet. And again, it's one of those things that you know there is there are certain sects within the whole food plant-based diet that believe certain things and that's fine and there is evidence to prove that you shouldn't be having oil however there is evidence proving that oil can be beneficial but it's a little teaser for next week because that's what I'm gonna talk be talking about next week to oil or to not oil is should you be eating oil what does the evidence say and what do I recommend um, I also want to talk about real quick and just touch on a little personal issue. Not issue, but a personal note. You know, I've been plant-based for five, six years, I I think, something like that. Six years, I think. And, you know, I hammer home this thing of progress, not perfection. No one's perfect. Everybody slips up. It's really, you know, sometimes you eat something you didn't know that had animal products in it. And this actually happened to me yesterday. I got... These um, wonton wrappers from the grocery store—they were sitting in the vegan sh- in the vegan section. I didn't think to read the ingredients like I always do with everything, especially new stuff. But I didn't read the ingredients, and I ate them, and they were fine. They were actually delicious because of I put um, uh, vegan cream cheese and um, chopped up veggies inside and made like little dumplings. But anyway, so. You know, a little while later I started getting really stuffy, and my nose was kind of bothering me, and my stomach was out of control. I was really bloated, really gassy, was going to the bathroom all night long. I'm like, shit, what what was in these things? So, lo and behold, in the ingredients list, checked this morning, there was egg in it. And the reason I'm telling you this is because everybody slips up, everybody makes mistakes. It's not a big deal. It's not gonna kill you having just, you know, here and there, screwing up, Um, it's okay. Don't beat yourself up about it. The main thing to realize is that, is to learn a lesson from it. And the lesson is, okay, well, I just gotta be a little more diligent and remember to, to check the ingredients. And I'm sure it'll happen again at some point. And in Mike's email here, he was talking about how he went and ordered Chinese food. And he ordered rice, rice and mixed vegetables, and he ate it, and he thought it was vegan, and he noticed that there was some sort of sauce on his vegetables and rice, and he asked, and there was fish. It was a fish sauce, and again, it's fine, not a big deal. You know, I put out that list of um, of, of food items that you might not know have animal products in them. Just, I mean, the list keeps growing, you know, so especially when you're eating out, you know, I I make a point to to let everybody know that when you're eating out, ask, ask, ask. Don't be afraid to ask. They'll be happy to answer your questions. Um, Real quick, Mike also wanted to touch on that same issue because in that list, I was talking about calcium propionate and it's in uh, non-dairy creamer. And he was saying how he did a search. And on a on a um, an app a vegan app on his phone, and it came up as vegan, and I was talking about how it's not vegan because it's made from uh, ground up animal bones, uh, derived from ground up animal bones. And here's the thing about calcium propionate, is that you know again it's found in non dairy creamer, but a lot of the time it is synthesized, so it's made in a lab it's chemically produced, and therefore it is vegan. However, uh, sometimes, sort of like taurine in energy drinks, it is derived from animals. So how do you know? Well, you can Google the brand and hopefully they list it on their website or reach out to customer service and support, but I like to live my life a little more simplistically. And number one, I don't like to have a lot of processed stuff anyway, a lot of chemicals. And number two, I'd rather just stay away from it, period. So you know if you like non-dairy cream or you have a specific one that you love and you notice it has calcium propionate in it reach out to the company and ask them if it's synthetically derived or if it's naturally derived if it's naturally derived then you know that it's being synthesized from animals or derived from animals uh, if they say it's synthesized in a lab then you know it's vegan um, so it's not so cut and dry as to where you know it's one or the other but sometimes it is uh, it is synthesized. So. Uh, Mike, I really appreciate the email. I really appreciate the questions and the comments that you had. Um, they're great points. I'm sure our listeners can uh, can get on board with that. Also, I uh, want to give a quick shout out. So I don't know how many people remember. I'm 32. I remember way back when I was a child, there was this character on TV called Slim Goodbody. If you don't know who I'm talking about or if you can't really recall, go Google Slim Goodbody. Because uh, I ran into this guy, and nicest guy ever, but he's been doing this. He's been talking about health and nutrition since the 70s, and he's still doing it. He was here locally at the Orpheum Theater uh, doing a show, still wearing the suit, which is awesome. Big shout out um, to my boy Slim. Uh, His name's John, actually. But super nice. Nice. He's been taught, preaching health and fitness for longer than I've been around. Uh, I really appreciate him reaching out. Really appreciate uh, getting to meet him. It was, it was really, really cool. Really kicked me right in my childhood uh, when he told me who he was. So, uh, big thank you to him. And until next week, go eat a salad.